for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And we are hot. It is Friday, the end of the work week, and deer season is officially over for you and I. But today, I think a good way to end the work week is a good coffee call, episode 34. And we've got a great listener submitted question, and it's about tuning your fixed blade broadheads and your mechanical broadheads. Now, I didn't really want this to be the fixed versus mechanical debate, so I was thinking today, let's start with talking about tuning mechanical broadheads, then we'll transition into fixed blade to wrap it up. What do you think about that? I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so basically to start off, you know, I've been shooting mechanicals for like the past 10 years. And before that, I shot fixed blades because my dad would never let me shoot mechanicals. And really, honestly, back then, there was no such thing as mechanicals. It was just... There wasn't a lot of them. They they weren't that big like they are now. And the bows were a lot slower, and they were easier to tune and everything with fixed blades. So for the past 10 years or so, I've been shooting a, uh, a, a mechanical broadhead. And there's a couple things I do to tune those broadheads. And it's not a lot because, you know, mechanical broadheads are all designed to fly like a field point. So a couple of things that I like to do is, first of all, every time I pull mechanical broadheads out of the pack, I put them on my arrows and I spin test them. And the reason why I spin test them is because I'm trying to find any imperfections in the spin or wobbles or anything wrong with the broadhead. So what I like to do is put it on, you know, put the broadhead on my arrow and then I like to put it against a hard surface. So you know, on a table or something, and I spin it. Or you can spin it in your hand, but I spin it and see if there's any imperfections. Now, if I do find a wobble or an imperfection, I will start by replacing the blades. I'll take the blades out, put new ones in, spin again. And honestly, maybe I've just had good luck, but I've only had to take the bro- or the blades out of a couple broadheads, and once I've spun them again, they're usually pretty good. I mean, they all spin really well. So that'd be the first thing I do. And the second thing I do is I usually tend to shoot a heavier arrow. The reason being is because I want maximum penetration and I want the thing to hit like a Mack truck. 
That's you know a second thing I do. The third thing and final thing, I shoot my practice tips a lot during the summer. You know, I do shoot field points, but I'm not going to hunt with field points. So I try to practice with my you know practice heads a lot. So that's kind of the stuff that I like to do. I mean, I don't know if that's what you do, but I'd like to hear what you do, what your process is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I probably put way too much faith in what they're supposed to do versus making sure that they're doing that. I do spin test them as well. Um, I, I shot mechanicals. Well, I, I've been back and forth on them over the years, but I started with mechanicals, and then I got into fixed blades because uh, I, I went on a western hunt, and I was shooting some longer distances, and I just wanted that that cut on contact, you know, no, nothing's going to happen. Like when I, when I hit it, it's going to cut no matter what. When I spin test them, I, I do it in my hands just because, you know, you put the tip of the broadhead in the palm of your hand, like your left hand, and then you cradle the shaft of the arrow just below the fletchings in your right hand between your thumb and index finger, and you, you blow on it just to simulate arrow flight. And you can actually feel any wobble or imperfection and you can identify your better arrows, your better tuned arrows for whatever broadhead you've got on there. But, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. You said that, you know, they're they're designed to fly like a field tip. So as long as you can put the arrow where you're intending it to go, uh, you shouldn't really have any issues. I mean, and that gets into a whole nother conversation about bow tuning. So like, like you said, just the only other thing they really consider is, you know, shooting a heavier arrow. More moving parts up front, you're going to, you're going to lose penetration. So if your solution to better penetration is a smaller diameter arrow, put an outsert on that thing to give yourself more weight up front, more kinetic energy downrange. You know, you're not going to have any problems. Yeah, and I guess to say we could get into arrow tuning as well or arrow building, I would try to find an arrow that fits your bow really well too. I mean, you don't want an arrow that's not going to tune in your bow. So right now I'm shooting a 340 spine, and I'm shooting a mechanical broadhead, but I found that's like the happy medium where my broadheads shoot really good, and I also get you know really good penetration, and and they also you know the kinetic energy is, is really good as well at the animal. Basically, like I said, I I've could have lucked out over the years, and you know every broadhead that I've pulled out of the package that's mechanical, I've had fly pretty true, and haven't had a lot of them not really have any imperfections in them so you know those three things are three big things i would really uh look into for mechanicals but for fixed blades this is a total different game as well in my opinion so with fixed blades there's a lot of things you can do and a lot of different methods that guys use to tune them so you know if you want to start off start by you know saying what your methods are and and how you start you know, tuning your fixed blades? When I'm considering shooting a fixed blade, whether it's for me or for someone else, I think the first question I'm going to ask is how much weight are you pulling? Because uh, for me, that's going to determine how fast your arrow is going, and that's going to determine how much kinetic energy you're going to have, and again, which results in penetration. So for example, you know, we I got my wife a new bow this year, uh, it was the first new bow she's had in like four years. And I mean, she doesn't really hunt a lot, but she does like to shoot. Uh, you know, we went out together twice this year and she got her first shot at a deer with a bow. I mean, she missed, but it was enough to make her want to do it again, luckily. But 
anyway, when we got that bow and we got it, you know, we were setting it up. She was only pulling about 46 pounds is what we measured it out to be. And uh, that's just not enough weight, in my opinion, to count on a mechanical blade to function properly. So right away I knew I wanted her to be shooting a fixed blade. We got five millimeter, was it fives? Yeah, I think we got five millimeter axis, eastern axis arrows for her. Knowing she was going to shoot fixed blade, I went ahead and fletched them with uh, the AAE Max fletchings. Uh, and I just put them on, you know, straight. No offset, no helical, nothing. Just low poundage, just get the arrow out there and hit what you're aiming at. If she could do that, I knew she would, would be able to kill a deer. You know, no outsert, just the regular HIT aluminum insert from Easton. And, I mean, that was that. What green arrow was she shooting? I think hers are 400s with the lower poundage like that. So okay. a, a stiffer spine, you know, a little a little more rigidity to the arrow. Yep, so you're wanting her to pack a punch. I mean, you're wanting, yeah. you know, with the lower poundage, you want her to pack a punch and get as much penetration as you can get. And I, I had the same thing with my wife, and, you know, she's now built herself up to shoot heavier poundage. She's She's like right around 54 to 55 pounds and she's shooting now I have her shooting a mechanical um but it, it was the same thing you know I didn't want her she was a new you know when she was a new bow hunter you know uh, a lot of people tend to stick close to that shoulder so I really wanted to get you know more confidence in her head and in my head that wherever she was going to hit that deer she was going to get the best penetration she could get out of yeah. that arrow and broadheads, you know, setup. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a, there's always an exception. It seems like, like it, there's, there's no hard and fast rule, but there are so many different combinations that you can come up with based on draw weight, draw length. Uh, you know, whether it's a hundred or 125 grain tip, you know, fletching size, fletching, I don't know if you want to call it style, like if it's a straight fletch or an offset or a helical. Or a helic, yep. Yeah, like there's just, there's so many variables and it's, again, you, you can adjust your sight to hit, make the arrow hit wherever you want it to, but I mean, unless you really understand why the flight is different, uh, you know, you're not really, you're not going to have to worry about the tuning process based on all the factors that are involved. Like if your definition of accuracy is putting three arrows in a 10 inch paper plate and saying, well, that would hit lungs. Then that's totally, you're right. And that's, I mean, if that's all you need, then that works for you, then good for you. You know, but if yep. you, if you're the kind of guy that wants to, or a girl that wants to put, you know, a fixed blade broadhead in a one and a half inch group every time, you know, there's some other factors that go into that. And Well, for me, you know, in my experience, I've, I've shot a lot of fixed blades, like I said, when I was growing up. And I played with a lot of them, too, you know. In my opinion, you know, smaller profile fixed blade broadheads usually are easier to tune. Yeah. And the reason, in, in, in my eyes, the reason is is because there's a lot less kind of going on. So, like, uh you know, a lot of people have seen slick trick broadheads or, you know, those broadheads are like one inch cutting diameter, you know, the smaller ones. Yep. Um, those ones, in my opinion, are a little easier to tune. Now, a couple things that I take into consideration, and there's a lot of different ways to do it, but this is just what's worked best for me is I like to align 
my fletchings with the broadhead blades. So what I mean by that is when you look down the arrow, the the three fletchings on the you know the arrow, I want them in the exact same line as the blades on the broadhead. Now, yes. now a lot of guys will shoot four fletched arrows and that's like a new thing and and kind of growing. So in that instance, I would put the, you know, three blade broadhead offset in between each vein if that makes sense. But for speaking terms, let's talk as a, you know, a three fletched arrow cuz that's what's, you know, what basically everybody does. So I like to line those up. It just cuts the wind better and they tend to fly a lot better. So the next thing I like to do is always spin test them. All broadheads could have imperfections and they could, you know, have some wobble tendencies and you just want to get rid of those. And a couple things that I like to do and when I look for if, you know, any imperfections is one is a bent broadhead. Two is an insert that isn't square to your arrow shaft. So, you know, when you go to a pro shop or even if you do it yourself and you cut the arrows, a lot of those arrows don't get cut square and you want your insert and your broadhead to be flush to your arrow. And that could really, you know, just the little littlest, you know, imperfection without that arrow being squared, that can really throw off the wild or throw off the spin of your arrow and your broadhead as well. You could have a bent arrow insert and some other things that can throw it off as well. But those are the three that I really find that uh, can make the most impact. So what I like to do is if there's an imperfection in the spin, I like to take sandpaper or, you know, there's some devices out there, arrow um, squaring tools, G5 makes when I know that you uh, you put your arrow in this and you just kind of run it back and forth and it squares off the end of your arrow, then put your insert back in and then uh, put your broadhead back in. So spin that. So that might take it out. You can always change the, the blades in your broadhead. And if that doesn't fix it, then you have a, a bent broadhead and your broadhead's probably bad. So that's a big thing to look at. And then once you get out into the field, and now let's say you're going to tune your fixed blade broadheads with your field points. So what I like to do is take a fixed blade and take a field point and get out there at 20 yards and shoot your field point. See where it hits. So let's say it hits right dead square in the middle. Let's take your fixed blade, shoot that. Let's say it's a couple inches low. So what you want to do with that is you want to adjust your rest now. If it's low, if you're shooting low, you want to go opposite of your arrow. So you want to move your rest up and don't go a lot. A little goes a long way. Just start bumping it up a little bit. And even if you're shooting right, do you want to move it left? Or if you're shooting left, you want to move it right? Yeah, you always go opposite with your rest and then you follow it with your pins. Exactly. Yep. So if you're sighting in your bow, you want to follow the arrow you know, with your pins, not with your rest. With your rest, since, you know, for speaking terms, we're hitting low, so we want to move that rest, just bump it up a little bit. Go back, shoot it again. It'll start moving, and they'll start getting tighter and tighter groups. That's something I would definitely try. That works best for me. But really try to line those fletchings up with your broadhead blades because that makes a ton of difference. I mean, I've seen broadheads that weren't lined up with them and they just, you. I mean, guys will pull their hair out because 
they're not flying right. They're hitting six inches low. They're, the next one's hitting three inches high, and it's like, what the heck's going on? I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and really uh, I don't know if that's what if I don't know if that's what you do, but that's what's worked best for me. Yeah, I I absolutely do that when I'm shooting a fixed blade, uh, which I did this year all deer season. You know, and, and and to do this, the first thing you need to do when you're building those arrows, or if you have somebody you know, cut and insert them for you is to use that hot melt. Uh, don't use an epoxy because you want something that you can, you can heat up yep. because you need to be able to rotate that insert once your broadhead is affixed to the end of the arrow. So, um, and with that, you never want to hold a flame directly to the arrow shaft. Like don't ever put heat directly to carbon or even like on an FMJ. Yep. It breaks it down. Yeah. Just cause it has aluminum on the outside doesn't make it okay. Like you always want to put the heat either on the broadhead or on your field tip. And that, you, and a lot of times you don't even need to use a flame. You can use hot water. You know, that, that's the least detrimental to the arrow. Yep. Having, having the broadhead blades in the same plane as your fletching, you know, you're, you're cutting the same wind. You know, everything just lines up. It's cutting the wind the same. You don't have components working against each other. They're all working together. Exactly. And that's, again, it's just one of those things that you can do to eliminate that margin for error you know you know it's not a huge thing but you know at 30 yards you're not going to see a difference but maybe at 40 or 50 or if you're preparing for an elk hunt or something like that where you need to be confident you know at 50 plus that's where those little things are going to start making a difference and you're going to see it right and like justin was talking about a little bit ago with with the flame you know, I'm just going to reiterate, do not put the flame on the arrow. I actually keep a uh, older broadhead that this is what I do it for. You know, I'll put that broadhead in. I'll put heat right directly to the broadhead with, you know, some needle nose pliers or, you know, some vice grips or something holding on to that. So, we're, so when that glue, you know, in it, that whole broadhead will heat, the ferrule will heat up and then it'll it'll heat up, you know, inside the arrow and make that glue where you can move it and then just start turning it. But make sure you get that insert back in flush with the insert slash broadhead back in flush with that arrow because that can make a pretty big difference. So don't yeah. put it right to the arrow. Be safe with that because it will break down that carbon or whatever you're using. Even if you have an outsert, I don't recommend putting it on the outsert as well. Uh, put it right on that broadhead or field point like Justin said. Field point is kind of difficult because you can't see the the blades with the fletching so i just get an old broadhead put it in there and then you can line it up as you know as the the broadhead heats up yeah that's don't ever want to put direct heat on carbon so i mean that's basically what i have uh it's it's not a whole lot of rocket science i mean there's a little bit of thinking going into into the the you know with the fixed blades i'm not saying it's gospel but that work what it's what works for me and also shoot those fixed blades a lot. I mean, get a practice head that you just shoot in the summer. Start tearing up targets, man. I mean, yeah. you can't shoot enough. And same with mechanicals. And I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm like a gear junkie. I'm always trying to find that little inch that I can get better than last year. So, you know, if I'm shooting this, I'm going to try something new out just to see if it's a little better or something that catches my eye, you know. I'm just trying to get that little little step up every year and you know I haven't really found anything that really beats out what I'm shooting now but not saying that's not out there and 
I'm a fixed blade guy at heart. I really am. I grew up shooting Thunderheads and um, Zawicki Broadheads. My dad started me with Zawicki Broadheads, uh, Thunderheads, and I mean, you name it. I, I shot Slick Tricks. I shot uh, some Wasp Broadheads. I mean, back in the day, it's like, you know, I'm trying everything, and I'd like to find something that I can uh, up the ante with a fixed blade because in my eyes, once you get them tuned and and shooting right, you know it. it they're they can be fail safe. You know what I mean. You you don't have to worry about the blades not opening up. Once right. you hit that animal, you're hitting with a punch. You're getting maximum penetration. You got a lot of kinetic energy with the right setup. I mean, it can be lethal for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's one of those things. You just need to ask yourself. You know, what do you want to give up? I mean, you can make them all as accurate as they can be, you know, again, you still got to do your part and know that you can put the arrow where you mean for it to go. But, you know, do you, are you okay with sacrificing, you know, penetration if something happens or if it's a marginal shot, then that's fine. If you are, I mean, you're probably going to be pulling a heavier, heavier pounded on your bow. You're going to shoot a faster arrow. I mean, if if speed is your thing, then, you know, mechanical is the way to go. But if it's more, I don't want to say, you know, the slow game, but if the idea of penetration and, you know, cut on contact is what gives you that confidence, then, you know, go with a, a fixed blade. And one thing we did not say with fixed blades, I now that I'm talking out loud here again, is your fletching. Um, for me, when I when I when I build an arrow to shoot a fixed blade broadhead, I put a helical on that fletching. I use a longer, a longer fletching, uh, like a, a three and a half, you know, a three or three and a half inch longer vein. And, uh, I put a 30 degree offset on it, which is a helical. And for me, get that thing spinning as quick as you can. Like as soon as that knot comes off the string, that arrow is catching as much air as it can. And it's, it's stabilizing instantly. You know, it's not going to stabilize in 20 yards. It's, it's stabilized two feet off the end of the string again with those with that insert rotated to align the blades with your fletching and putting that maximum spin on the arrow as quick as you can get it out there i mean that's really the best you could ask for you don't typically need an outsert with a fixed blade broadhead i have run them with the brass inserts before just for a little added weight again for better penetration but i mean you're going to sacrifice downrange speed so it's one of those things where if you know you're going to be, you know, shooting, I'd say 35 yards or closer, you know, your arrow's going fast enough, you probably don't need it. But if you want that peace of mind or if you're shooting a bigger animal, like an elk or a moose or something, you know, that added weight will go a long way. Definitely. Well, I really don't have any closing thoughts, honestly. I mean, we covered it all. We're we're up here on time. And, you know, the, like I said before, that's this is the way we do things, and they work well for us, and, and hopefully somebody takes something from it. Practice as much as you can. I mean, that'd be my biggest thing is practice as much as you can with, you know, these practice tips or, you know, whatever you you decide to use. But getting a, get in a hunting scenario, shoot them from a tree stand, shoot them from the ground, yeah. you know, do everything. Yeah, just get out there and do it. Practice makes perfect. I mean, they, they say that for a reason. And as we all know with bow hunting, there tends to be a lot more things that can go wrong than can go right. Yep. <laughs> the more prepared you are and the better understanding you have for your equipment, 
the better off you're going to be in that moment. For sure. Well, you know, but I, I do have some closing thoughts and this is a little off topic, but you know, as we wrap this up, I do want to let everybody know that, uh, we finally got some hats back in stock. Not a ton of them. There's 20 in total. I, I, I didn't do a big quantity this time just because I'm trying to feel everybody out and see what they want. I, I'm going to put a post up on Instagram probably today, sometime later today, Friday, or this weekend. And if everybody wants one, hit me up on Instagram. They're going to be $15 a piece. If I do need to ship them, you guys will have to pay for shipping. It's like two or three bucks for shipping. So around 16 to $17 a hat. They're really cool. I, I went a different route this time and, and I think they turned out a lot better, but I am in the process still of, of getting some designs done for some sweatshirts and some t-shirts and some winter hats as well. I don't know the time frame on those. I'm still trying to work with manufacturer right now and trying to get all that stuff done and get prices on it but I do have a run of hats done right now so first come first serve I will put some images up either like I said today or this weekend so everybody can see them and and uh, we'll go from there sweet looking forward to seeing those yeah and that's basically how I'm funding this podcast so (laughs) if you guys can please help out a little bit (laughs) I'm not trying to uh, make bank by any means, but I am trying to justify, you know, all this gear and, you know, hosting fees every year, you know, it adds up and it, it's all out of pocket right now. So I'm trying to, uh, trying to get some funds back in the old bank account. So to keep the <laughs> podcast going for sure. So anyway, you guys could help. I appreciate it. And I already do appreciate your support and everything you guys do and all your downloads. Please keep it up, and please keep spreading the word. That's uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, we got a we got a call scheduled here in two more days with our next guest for the for the one hour episode coming out on uh, Monday. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a cool one. Yeah, I'm a little teaser there, but yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. It's going to be going to be a good one. So, thanks everybody for uh, downloading and listening, and uh, we will talk to you Monday. Mm-hmm.